Chapter 21. A Lunch Date. When do the ducks fly back? Megan sat on a bench a few feet away from the murky water of Ashley Pond, while Sam tossed bits of torn-up bread onto the surface. He retrieved another piece from the orange-tinted bread bag and threw with all his might toward the middle of the large pond, though the bread flew above him and landed within a foot of the cement sidewalk which surrounded the water. I told you they don't fly south, Megan responded, without looking up from her book. The county puts them in cages for the winter. Do they let them out to swim sometimes? I don't think so. Can we go see them? I don't know, probably not. Sam was sitting on his knees now, calling out to the fish to come up and eat the flecks of bread now floating on the surface of the gray water. Why aren't they eating it now? I don't know, maybe they're not hungry? Megan turned a page in her book. Sam got up. I'm going to go over there and try some more. He pointed to a spot ten or fifteen feet around the mostly circular perimeter of the pond. Megan looked up from her book, squinting a little as her eyes adjusted. Stay close, she admonished, and Sam took off. Megan took a breath and looked around. It was Saturday, and the grassy slopes which surrounded the water were dotted with people eating lunch or reading books. It was a nice day, warmer than Megan would have expected for late November, but she figured she ought to enjoy it nonetheless. It certainly didn't feel like the beginning of a Christmas season. Megan had decided to allow herself one last embrace of fall before beginning to complain once again about another dry New Mexico Christmas. She had just returned to the scarlet letter when Sam came running back, his bread bag empty. Can we go see Linda? She kept her eyes on the book, not focusing enough to actually read it, but trying to make a point that he was interrupting her again. I think she's working today, she lied. Do you think she would let me play with her toys? Sam, they're baby toys. Why does she have baby toys, he responded, distracted by a wrapper in the water about a foot from the sidewalk. Probably because she's going to have a baby, I guess. When? I don't know. Can we have some lunch? Megan sighed, replaced her bookmark, and closed the book. What do you want to eat? Sonic is right up there. She pointed toward the parking lot across the pond. I want to go to Sparky's. Megan gritted her teeth. Charlie was working. Why don't we eat something here? You want a Happy Meal? No, let's go see Charlie, please? Megan sighed. She suddenly wasn't all that hungry. I'll just sit outside, she thought. Fine, let's go. It was about 1.30 when they got to the community center, and while there was a little more foot traffic than usual amid the little shops that lined the large courtyard area, Sparky's itself had customers at just a few of its tables. I'm going to go check on something, Megan told Sam, as they walked past the large windows of the restaurant. You go on in. Sam ran up to the doors, and Megan could hear the tinkling of the bell as he pulled it open. She walked toward the bowling alley across the way, trying to nonchalantly peer in through the windows to see Charlie. As she watched Sam run up to the bar and grab a stool, she heard the clicking of high-heeled shoes on the pavement behind her coming closer. She would not normally have given it a second thought, but something told her to turn and look, and she was stunned to see her mother, looking at her watch, walking straight toward the restaurant. Megan immediately turned her head away, reaching her right hand up as if to rub her temple. She spun around after her mother passed and ducked quickly inside the door of the bowling alley across the portico. As soon as she was inside, she turned to peer back out the window. The smell of floor wax and shoe disinfectant, combined with the sound of balls crashing into pins, as Megan watched her mother stop short of the restaurant door and look inside through the adjacent window. It seemed as though she was looking for someone, and as she remained, rocking back and forth in an effort to see beyond the glare of the window, 
it became apparent that she was not finding whoever it was that she was looking for. She stepped back and checked her watch again, backtracked a little bit, then stole a glance around the corner before walking back toward the restaurant and waiting. She looked completely different than she had in the laundromat. She was in a blue skirt and a matching jacket, lipstick, eyeshadow, and jewelry. Megan hadn't seen her in heels for years. It reminded her of the few times that she and her dad had decided to indulge themselves by getting a babysitter for Megan and going out to dinner. Megan remembered hating them for being so selfish. The look on her mother's face now was one of bright optimism, a world away from the tears she had shed during their last meeting. An older couple walked by toward the movie theater, and she gave them a nervous smile. She checked her watch again and walked over once more toward the courtyard, looking both ways down the sidewalk, and then paced back to her original position. Hey, can I help you? It was the voice of the man behind the counter in the bowling alley. He was tall and had a bushy mustache and a heavy five o'clock shadow. He wore a faded Star Wars shirt and his veins seemed to stick out from his arms. Oh, uh, just waiting for somebody, came Megan's response, turning her head around. She was standing next to a wall lined with bowling trophies, which bore a printed metal sign that said, No Loitering. Go wait outside, the man called back in an irritated sing-song sort of way as he turned back to whatever he had been doing. Megan rolled her eyes and turned back toward the door just as it opened right in front of her. Three middle-aged women came in, pardoning themselves as they walked by. As the last one passed, she looked out to see that her mother was gone, though the tinkling bells of Sparky's closing door made her realize that she had just gone inside. Megan walked quickly back out across the portico toward the restaurant, cupped her hands to the window, and peered inside. As soon as her eyes adjusted, she found herself staring straight toward a man seated just on the other side of the glass. Embarrassed, she stepped back with an apologetic wave. She walked briskly along the window, turning the corner and peeking in through the windows that faced the courtyard. From there, she could see her mom at the bar, waiting while one of Charlie's co-workers was trying to untangle the cord that would allow him to set the telephone on the bar before her. Curious, Megan looked around the restaurant for Sam and Charlie. She found Sam sitting at a booth near the corner. Sitting across the table from him was not Charlie, but Linda, who appeared to be sharing a basket of fries with him. She scanned the other tables for Charlie with no success. She looked back at the bar again and saw that the phone was now sitting in front of her mom, who was looking at a small piece of paper while dialing. Hey, this is stupid. Why don't you come inside? Megan's heart stopped as she swung around to see Charlie, who was standing behind her. I, uh, I just didn't... Look, I'm sorry, Megan. I totally went off on you the other day, and I shouldn't have. I was being selfish, and I owe you an apology. His countenance was a little duller than usual, like he was tired, beaten down. Charlie, I'm so sorry. I never meant to be pushy or anything. I know. You were just being a friend. I think I knew that all along. It's just... He paused and looked off to the side. Without bringing his eyes back to meet her, he continued. There's, like, stuff I'm not really ready to talk about yet. Megan thought about her conversation with Anthony the day before. It's okay, Charlie. I totally get it. Charlie motioned toward the window, into the restaurant behind Megan. Who's the lady? Megan turned around to see if she was still on the phone. She was. That's my mom. Charlie's eyes widened. No way. He moved closer to the window. Who do you think she's calling? I think she's meeting someone here. She cupped her hand to the glass and looked in. Her mom was holding the phone to her ear but not talking. She was out here waiting for a while like she was waiting for someone to show up. Oh, so she's probably calling her friend, wondering where she is. 
I don't know, Megan responded. I think it's a guy. She looks kind of nervous, and she's all dressed up. I think maybe it's, like, a date. Charlie turned to Megan. Oh, uh, so... How does that make me feel? Yeah. I don't know. Charlie turned back to the window. Yeah, he remarked blankly. Oh, she's coming out. He quickly peered around the corner. Shh, Megan whispered, worried that he would attract attention to them. I'm going to go talk to her, Charlie whispered. Charlie, no! But as the sound of bells on the door gave way to the click-click of her heels on the portico's tile floor, he straightened up and walked around the corner. Panicked, Megan looked around for cover and ducked behind a juniper bush not far from the sidewalk. At first she couldn't see either of them, but they came into view as Charlie caught up to her mother. Charlie had his back to Megan, but she could see her mom's face. The optimism had faded from it. She got stood up, thought Megan. She strained to try to hear what was being said between the two of them, but it was drowned out by the rumble of a noisy engine in the nearby parking lot. The conversation had barely started, however, when Charlie gave a stiff wave, and her mom walked off in the opposite direction, her steps decidedly less upbeat than when she had arrived. Charlie glanced around the corner, looking for Megan. She emerged from her hiding place and walked toward him as a smile creeped across his face. Where are you hiding? he asked teasingly. She ignored him. What did you say to her? I just said, hello, how's it going? No biggie. What did she say? She said hi back. The smirk on Charlie's face made it clear that he was toying with her. Tell me, she asked, irritated, as she got closer. Charlie laughed. She didn't say anything. She just walked past. I know she said more than that. I could see you guys talking. Oh, I should have hired a court reporter. I said she looked really nice today, and... You were hitting on my mom? No. Charlie looked genuinely surprised. No, I just said she looked nice. I wasn't trying to hit on her, I swear. What else did she say? Well, I asked her if she was waiting for someone, and then she said no. Then she said bye, and she left. That was all, I swear. Ah, Megan said to herself. Let's go inside, Charlie said, and ask Gabe if he overheard anything from her phone call. Charlie pulled the door open and followed Megan inside. Gabe, he called. Who was that lady calling? I don't know. She didn't say, came Gabe's response, who just then realized that the phone was still sitting on the bar and went to pick it up. What did she say? Come on, don't you listen in on other people's conversations? She didn't say anything. Whoever she called didn't pick up. Some help you are, Charlie retorted, teasingly. Gabe seemed nonplussed, but after putting the phone away, he quickly grabbed a piece of ice from the bin behind the bar and pelted it at Charlie, hitting him square in the back and causing him to yelp. Hey! Charlie turned and ran toward Gabe, who in turn leapt into the kitchen. Charlie ducked behind the bar, grabbed a handful of ice, and followed him in. Megan looked around the restaurant and saw Linda and Sam still sitting in the booth in the corner. She made her way toward them. Sam was kneeling in the seat, leaning over and grabbing the last few fries out of the basket between them as Megan approached. Megan, Sam told me you were here, Linda remarked. Where did you go? She added, in a distinctly motherly mix of concern and accusation. Oh, uh, nowhere really. I was just checking something out. Linda gave her a look that showed she didn't buy her answer, but apparently decided to let it go. You want some more fries? I can get you some more. No, it's fine, really. I want some more fries, Sam exclaimed, his mouth still full from the remainders of what was in the basket. Linda pushed the basket towards Sam. You go tell Charlie we want some more, okay? Sam jumped down off the seat, grabbed the basket, and trotted over to the bar. 
Megan, come sit down. She motioned to the seat that Sam had just vacated. Megan flopped into the cushioned bench and slumped down. Since Thanksgiving dinner, she had been trying to muster up courage to ask Linda about what had happened between her and Howard, and who it was that Howard was looking for, though she had not expected to see her so soon. She decided, however, to seize the opportunity that had presented itself here and now, and opened her mouth to speak, but she was immediately cut off by Linda. How are you eating lately, Megan? Are you eating healthy? Megan was completely blindsided by the question. Uh, yeah, I guess. And Sam? He's a growing boy, you know. He needs his vitamins. He's eating fine, she answered, confused by the sudden interrogation. Vicky cooks for him all the time. Is Howard spending time with him? I don't know. Howard's busy at work. Linda's eyes widened a little. Oh, he needs to have quality time. He's not just watching TV all the time, is he? I don't know. He was telling me about all these programs he likes to watch. They sound violent. Megan was simultaneously baffled and frustrated by the fact that Linda didn't seem to be listening to her. Figuring that she wasn't listening to the answers she was providing, Megan figured she'd try to switch the subject back to her original idea. So Howard and Ron went to Albuquerque yesterday. Yes, and Howard just left Sam with you the whole day, didn't he? Well, yeah, but Megan, have you ever thought about living somewhere else? The earlier question about Megan's diet was nothing compared to this one. A few short weeks ago, she would have given anything for an opportunity like this. Now she wasn't sure what to make of it. What? Linda leaned in a little. If Howard is mistreating you, or Sam, you need to tell someone. You know, you can always tell me, and I can get help for you. Uh, okay, Megan responded cautiously. She hated being cooped up by his rules, but mistreatment? Howard was never abusive. He provided for everyone's needs. He's not father of the year, she thought, but truthfully, she couldn't think of any way that they were mistreated. She was trying to think of a way to answer Linda, when in her peripheral vision she caught the form of someone jogging by outside. She turned to look, but whoever it was had already turned around the corner. When she swiveled around the other direction, she heard the bells on the door ringing as it was quickly pushed open. In came Rom, dressed even a little nicer than usual, but slightly out of breath. Rom! exclaimed Charlie from behind the soda bar as Rom caught his eye and smiled. What's happening? Hey, Charlie, Rom answered, still panting a little. Did a woman come by here about yay tall? He held his hand up about even with his cheek. And a uh, longish, uh, dark blonde hair? Oh, yeah, Charlie responded with a chuckle. You just... With the realization dawning on him, Charlie froze and looked at Megan, his eyes wide. Ah, uh, he continued, stunned. You just missed her. <laughs>